Grab a seat at the bar to join us for another episode of McAnally's Pubcast, a podcast exploring the fun and fantastical mind of Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files series. Hosts Tans and Jess, and maybe bring you another round of literary analysis on this immense, immersive, and colorful environment inhabited by Harry Dresden, the world's only licensed private investigator and professional wizard. Join an active and engaged community of new and diehard dedicated fans focused on the fabulous themes, theories, characters, context, lore, and more. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Welcome to the McAnally's podcast brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 9.10, Greasy Wheel for a Guide, where we are covering the novel Summer Night. My name is Tanzan, and I'm joined by Maggie. Hello, hello. And Jess. Romeo. Wherefore art thou? Romeo. Chapter 12. Dresden crashes Ruel's funeral and finds the trio in the photo he recovered from Grum. Harry follows the three into the alley and promptly finds himself in a nearby dumpster. Billy shows up and provides Harry with bribery pizza. He, he runs away from his encounter with Grum because their crazy old lady neighbor, or not theirs, but the crazy old lady neighbor, called the cop on him. Ew, fruits! Which still just sounds so silly. <laughs> so, manages not to get assaulted by anything else, and uh, drives, you know, casually and sedately away so as not to draw any... That's the real description there. Manages not to get assaulted by anything else. (laughs) (laughs) That in and of itself is like a good run for Harry. (laughs) Right? Like Harry's to specify. They can make it home with only one assault. He's like, fucking good day. Yeah. 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 It's like, from... Well, I always wonder about this, too, because it's like... I mean, same thing on movies and TV, but it's like you you see this, right? All of a sudden, shit goes down, and the cops are, like, streaming it, and depending on what the point and plot of the movie is, either you can just calmly drive away, and the cops all ignore the people driving away from the scene, or you totally get locked in, and you can't escape from the, you know? And I'm like, I get it, because I could see this in real life. I've, I've you know, been driving down a block or something, and a cop goes, you know? But I'm like, it's, it's just kind of funny the way it, like... Sometimes you wonder how a perimeter or anything like that ever works. Because obviously they can't stop everybody driving down the street in the vicinity of something going wrong. Unless it's like completely deserted in the middle of the night and they're the only car there or whatever. You know what I mean? But I'm like, exactly. If something like this happens in the middle of the day and there's cars, they have to assume that the majority of the people are just driving around doing their thing, you know? But it's like, it's always kind of funny. I was like, no wonder cops have like such a hard time. Like, unless you literally can catch people in the act, you're... (laughs) And then they just profile people. And then they just profile people or whatever. I don't know. I have heard definitely a few stories about, oddly enough, generally guys. I don't know if I've heard this from any women or not. But um, guys in pickup trucks getting randomly pulled over because something about them or the truck, you know, vaguely matches the description of somebody or some vehicle. And even if it's only vague. I've heard that white vans actually get like with no yeah. nothing on it plain white vans get pulled over a lot as well because yes i think we had this discussion didn't we in one of them because then we were joking around that it's all going to go back to the black van. like people couldn't drive around in creepy black vans because you're like well you're obviously trying to hide something so everybody switched to like the nondescript white work van and now it's <laughs> like well everybody knows the nondescript white work vans are the ones that are always used in a heist or a kidnapping or 
you know, so it's like, you're going to have to go back. Whereas, yeah, they automatically stop all the plain white vans. Now she's like, you're going to have to go back to, like, the creepy blacked out vans because it's like, those are no longer the ones that are the most suspicious. <laughs> Was that not here? I thought this came up here in yeah, one of our... Yeah, sounds familiar. It, uh, like, yeah. We'd have to go yeah, back in history and re-listen re to everything, which I'm not going to do. But, <laughs> but I do highly recommend that all our listeners do because it's totally worth it. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so I guess he doesn't. He figures that's score one for the good guys. <laughs> he manages to get away. Right. So we do learn a little bit about ogres, that they're wild fae, or also known as free range. <laughs> <laughs> these, these ogres are, are not kept in inhumane <laughs> conditions. <laughs> They are the inhumane condition. <laughs> they are wild free-range ogres. <laughs> that have learned to crush your skull and all by themselves. Listen, okay, PETA is out here working for everything and everyone. <laughs> yes, that's right. Just, be just because they're monsters doesn't mean we have to be. <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's okay it's just i couldn't help it myself sorry no that's perfect this is what the people pay for right? god i hope so for our sake it has to be <laughs> so they, they they could also work for either summer or winter they're not aligned with either Yes, they are not specifically yeah. belonging to either. But and I, I do like his description of the range. <laughs> Grimm is actually considered to be a savvy type of ogre and uh, old with strong magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, I got to find where... Oh, yeah, his... his um, they have a range of personalities from jovial, jovially violent to maliciously violent. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is their range so this guy was actually subdued. Yeah, it didn't seem that cheerful. <laughs> and yeah, this is it. Is that exactly? They're they're mostly just kind of your average dumb thug. You're they're not hired for their brains. They're hired for their brawn and willingness to do violence. And so the fact that yeah, that he was methodically going through the place and looking for things and collecting things, the fact of how quickly he switched back and forth between like ogre and untouchables extra, also was able to reel himself back. Yeah, it was that that was I was it, yeah that um was, was it just say? blind rage? Yeah, you know. So exactly, all these things speaking to the fact that yeah, he's he's gotta be you know around a while to be able to do the magic that smoothly and that well and how he grounded out all of harry's magic like it was like you know like the static zap was you know the most and then exactly and the even bigger thing is is um the the intellect and the holding back and the planning and the thinking and the choosing an option you know he's like most of them would have just stuck around and kept stomping until everything else converged on the building Right, but um, he didn't. He was like, "Fuck! I don't have time for this, and I want to get out of here before blowing my cover to the eyes of the mortal world and whatever." Right? So Harry's like, "Yeah, there's." Mm. So yeah, figures automatically that yeah, like who's he working for? Because most of them aren't this good on their own. They wouldn't plan this way. So right. So who knows? And just to throw in there too, when you say like he's clearly not affiliated, or they're typically not affiliated with summer or winter. Mm -hmm. So far we find that with most of the Fae. Like, the little people aren't affiliated, and the ogres aren't affiliated, but the more and more we meet other creatures, it's like, 
sure certain ones have a certain disposition, but it really seems like at some point in a fey life, they just kind of choose their team and then basically stick with it forever. <laughs> like, Yeah, and I think that is a little bit. And I mean, funny that you should mention that, because I don't know if you recall specifically or not, but I mean, some explanation to that does kind of come along in this book the further we mm-hmm. go and the more we meet and the more we get into this world. But but um, yeah, like you say, it, it definitely seems that the... Um, I don't know. I guess I guess would it be sort of that have-nots of the fae community, which differ very greatly from our have-nots because in the wizarding magical community, it's either like you've got power or you have very very little. Whereas the fairies all have a lot of power. <laughs> I guess it just depends on what kind and what purpose and in relation to each other, right? Cuz Toot can do all kinds of cool magical things, but he's essentially a nobody in the basically whether or not you have a title or anything yeah exactly Mm. right so yeah you've got like yeah although to that point as we go through the series we learn that uh faye the size is relative to the power the little people are little people because they don't have that much power Mm -hmm. and we see as they go older like the bigger and bigger creature shape is able to manifest is in and of itself a proportional to their power you know yeah usually a bigger batter yeah, exactly. Yeah, sorry. Is um, yeah. That's why those dragons are badass. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sizes and everything, but. <laughs> so Dresden heads next to Ronald Rule's funeral. Harry opts not to bring his staff in his blasting run. Mm-hmm. Probably good etiquette at this point. Mm, it is a, It is a funeral after all. Yeah, and I think he gives us a fair explanation. He's like, those that don't, just regular mortals, will be like, who the fuck is showing up with a giant stick and a rock, you know, to a, like, and exactly, and those that do know the purpose of it, it's the same thing as, yeah, showing up, you know, loaded for bear kind of a thing. I'm like, who walks into a funeral with a giant, you know, assault weapon? Like, so... Yeah, he's like, either way, it's just not going to go well for me. (laughs) Um, But he does, on the way to this, though, he does, once he finally gets far enough away from the, you know, quote-unquote crime scene and the police that he's not going to attract notice, he does stop and check out the one thing he did manage to grab from the apartment when he first tried to distract Gum and discovers that it's a photograph of four people to, well, five people, rule is in the picture. But, um, But then, yeah, these four other younger people, so two girls... Um, one gorgeous with green hair and one not gorgeous with a different color green hair. <laughs> and then like a little blonde kid and a, and a more brunette guy or whatever. And he's trying to figure out what the hell this has to do with anything and why Grum would be trying to remove this or other things like it from his apartment. Like who cares about a picture from Disneyland, right? So of all the things you could pick uh, up, this y- sounds kind of the lamest, really. Well, right? Like, like oh, okay. Doesn't yeah, it doesn't like on the surface, what significance does like some random holiday picture or something, you know? So yeah, can't figure out what Grum was doing there. So unfortunately he has no more clues as to why he just spoke got his skull crushed anyways. <laughs> you know? He's like, well So that doesn't help. Yeah. And then this is a little sad. Like, you find, like, he pulls up to the funeral home, and it's gone from, like, this family run. What seems to me, anyway, sounded like it should have been sort of, like, a nice, best as you can get for a funeral, you know? I mean, you know, but, like, a nice, well-run. And now it just seems like this cheap sold out, right? It's like they've replaced all the landscaping with, like, rocks and things. It's like instead of a nice you know, Flannery's funeral or whatever it was. Yeah, Flannery's. Mm-hmm. Now it's like some kind of plastic or neon sign that's like, you know, Quiet Acres. And it's just like, oh, I just mm. just kind of cringe a little, right? Like, I think I missed that on the reading. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It used yeah. to be. 
uh, ha- had been a family-run business until a few years before. It was an old place, but had always been well-kept. Now the carefully landscaped shrubbery had been replaced with big rocks, which were no doubt easier to maintain. The parking lot had a lot of cracks in it, and only about half of the outdoor lights were burning. The sign, an illuminated glass and plastic number that read Quiet Acres Funeral Home, glared in garish green and blue above the front door. So it just feels like um, when it was this family business, the Flannerys, that they tried to have a respectful welcoming I mean it's such a terror you know I mean you know how do you say a really nice well-kept funeral home like nobody wants to be there it's always sad but now it's discount warehouse funeral now it's like discount warehouse funeral <laughs> die with us die with us die with us it's like the, the drive-in chapel or yeah just right so yeah it just I think gives a very you know like you're kind of like oh, poor rule like poor guys like either falls down the stairs or gets pitched down the stairs and now he's at like this yeah discount funeral home or whatever right and and even when you go in and stuff like that um you know he says even how they've dressed the body you know like a shiny silver suit or something you know that would have been better for like a younger man you know he's like rule would have looked more comfortable in tweed and the makeup job is only so so and you can see where this you know and he's like again he's like there's no mistaking this guy for napping like it's so obviously a course and you just corpse Yes, and looking just, very dead-like is my note that I have here. Yeah, right? No, you know, it's just, yeah, a moderate to poor makeup job and the whole bit. You're just like, which I'm sure is the point. It's a quick and easy way to tell us Rule didn't really have anybody. Like, probably no family that arranged this. Maybe not a lot of really close friends or, like, you know. Well, that's what makes it sadder for me is that you'd think that the summer court would have had more duty to provide a proper funeral service of befitting you know your what? night. You would think, and part of me, I didn't even really think of that aspect, um, but I guess that just goes more to show, like, we do tend to think of the summer court as being the nice ones, and the winter court is not, but really, they don't give a shit about their nights either. Their like, allegiance. you know, like, yeah. you get... Mortals are mortals are mortals. Yeah, and I Dime mean, doesn't. I don't mm-hmm. think any of it's been stated here. I think I'm thinking of you know, later books, because we will run into characters like these again more and stuff like that, you know. And, yeah, that knights kind of come and go and the queens just need to have this. I mean, kind of like I think Bob explained when we found out who... They're not allowed to directly attack mortals, so they hire a mortal hitman. Yeah, right. But beyond that, again, they don't... You know, there's only so much they, I guess, while you're still within their service and acting for them, they might offer you some protection or status or something but yeah you know exactly it's like it couldn't even put together a good funeral for you yeah clearly Uh, again either that or it's again just the alienness of the they're like i don't what do you want we got him in a funeral home we got him a suit what do you it could be yeah they don't understand (laughs) death to the point where they're like well fuck cares right right all of that but yeah no that's interesting i never had thought of it specifically from that point of view and again Mm. thinking that summer is supposed to be somewhat kinder and more empathetic you would think that titania you know of all of them would have yeah crazy but yeah it is sad and it's i'm sure yeah the reason and the point for all of it that this this poor old man that pitched down the stairs where the romper was by accident now he's just but at least there are some people there the room is about half full which considering a bunch of the funerals i've been to doesn't sound too terrible you know so he obviously had some colleagues or neighbors or friends you know somebody that knew something about him that cared just maybe not like you say anyone close enough to have planned a really nice funeral for him or um but yeah but at least somebody has showed up but yeah i 
Nobody's standing in the corner twirling their mustache or, <laughs> you know, yeah. wearing Krista a black. see anybody's looking terribly suspicious. No, no uh, I love that. There goes the Dudley Do-Right approach, too. <laughs> Which was an awesome little show, by the way. <laughs> Yay, Polito. Um, but, yeah. So he's like, damn it, I might actually have to try and figure something out. He's <laughs> like, hey, we're not happens. here. <laughs> I guess I'm just going to show up and I will see the guy right there. That's him. Right. No. no. For that is the Dudley Do-Right method. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, right? But he kind of makes a fair point, right? That he's like, um, you know, he's like, maybe there could be, like, some she or something here, but they're kind of... But then he kind of says how, like, Mab looked good, but didn't really look normal. And, like, Grum looked like a human being, but, like, an extra off a movie set and not, like, typically, you know? So he's like, they don't really... But he's also talking about a veil and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, it's kind of a flawed plan. Like, he works for summer. There's probably going to be... Some kind of fay there. Unless, of course, again, they're just like, meh. Uh, but, um... Well, one should hope that there's going to be at least one, one kind of One should fae hope there. that somebody <laughs> would, you know, Elaine or somebody would have shown up. Like, she's been hanging around Summer. I'm like, you know who he is. You didn't show up to his funeral? Like, that, again, seems a little cold or whatever, too. Like, again, even if you're not best buds, it's kind of like... She's been in Summer so long, too. She has become as shitty and useless as all of them. Maybe. Jessica Which furthers my point. Which her love of Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I was gonna say she should also know too that well none of the fairies are gonna give a fuck so I should at least show up to his you know none of his other coworkers are gonna be there but but um but yeah but he's talking like they might be under a veil or something I'm like then how would you know because you've already established that's not your forte in magic and I'm like yes we've seen you do things to detect veils and but again when you're dealing with somebody on the level that the face can act at I'm like. For all you know, the entire other half of that room could be packed wall to wall with fairies under veils that you have are not good enough to detect if they're high level enough to you know. Just he because they're a fae doesn't mean that they're actually like yeah a person of interest. Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean that's what he said. He's like, oh, they could be under a veil, but I'm like, but you didn't really seem to poke around that. Like I say, as long as you didn't see anybody obviously in a bad disguise or he didn't try nearly as hard as he should have, and especially because we've seen in other instances when he does just you know, tip out the third eye, just to be sure, right? It's like, hey, I understand why you don't want to use it all the time. Yeah. But when push comes to sub and you, like, have a bad feeling, you do use it, right? Hmm. Well, yeah, and especially... And maybe, yeah, maybe he doesn't have the gut feeling, so he's like, I'm not going to waste it. But then if you have the gut feeling, then what should be the fear of wasting it, right? Because it doesn't hurt you if there's nothing bad there. Yeah. So why not just turn it on and check and be sure, right? Like... Yes and no. I, do, I absolutely see what you're saying, but then again, given the description of some of the horrible things you see, I'm like, well, I guess sometimes if, you know, just because you're right and it is there, you might really, 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 really not want to risk it. <laughs> like, yeah, the last know. few people that, have, that I've seen like that have just been horribly disfigured and have barbed wire on them. I, I don't want to do it today. Yeah, like you say, when you, you can't get rid of it, then I'm like, well, but either way, yeah, I just found it a little bit interesting that I'm like, okay, it's kind of funny with the whole Dudley Do Right thing, but yeah, I was like, it doesn't even really seem to describe him poking out with much senses at all or, you know, addressing the fact that, well, maybe if they were, like, a super top high-end veil, I wouldn't have, but, you know, as far as I could tell, he's just like, yeah, there's a bunch of people, I don't really see anybody, I guess nobody's here, you know? <laughs> he's like, maybe they're not here. And especially because it's almost like one of those, like, you know, things, things that we do, you know? It's like, oh, well, I knew. I was just pretending the whole time. Because it's like, when he was with Mab, he wasn't once giving indication that he didn't trust this woman at all. He was just like, mm-hmm. 
dollar signs and hot lady and like blah 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 right it's only like aftermath he's like i totally knew that there was something about well it. yeah like, right, right? I mean, but it's like you didn't say anything in the moment asshole yeah <laughs> i know i sort of was thinking of that a little bit i'm like okay well fair enough in order to have the reveal to the readers you couldn't say too much until you flicked in it but exactly he's like sure she looked great but she didn't really look normal it was like yeah you didn't really uh hang a lantern on that one at the time there was no yeah. emphasis there <laughs> that you know I did find it kind of funny that he he happens to stumble upon people that he overhears in the hallway that he's like, oh, I hear people talking. I know, especially since he's not actively listening to start with. It's just he steps out of the room and hears whispering voices down the hallway. And it's like, oh, I better go check that out. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I'm lucky when I hear people talking directly to me, let alone whispering in, like, a quiet, hushed funeral. Right. You're not a private death. investigator. This is why I'm not a private investigator, obviously. I. But he could be bored. I mean, he showed up looking for a bad guy. I didn't see anyone. He's like, well, what the fuck am I going to yeah. do now? And he's just kicking rocks. And he's like, whispers. Yeah. For the, like, minute and a half that he spent in there, he walked in, looked at the body, took Instantly a glance bored. around, and left. <laughs> yeah, instantly bored. He's like, this shit sucks. I'm out. I <laughs> Yes. Imagine you're like actually like one of the friends or family though. And you see some asshole walk in like your grandpa and be like, ah! Because <laughs> 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 huh. that's what the that's, that's what the NPCs just did there. Terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. That's like um I Harry's just a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, no class at all. <laughs> hey man, I left my giant stick behind, okay? <laughs> I'm like just because I showed up in like my jeans, <laughs> I'm like I'm trying. Yeah, he's he's um not not getting many classy points this time around. You know, breaking into a dead guy's apartment before he hits <laughs> <So> <laughs> this <funeral>. guy's funeral, <laughs> and he's like, oh whatever, this sucks. <laughs> I knew him better than any of you. How many of you have been to his house? <laughs> How many of you have been in his bed? Because uh, I have. <laughs> Toss and it and turn turn the bed. Throw it on the bed. Through the bed. <laughs> so yes, so he picks up on these voices, so decides, oh, what the hell, nothing else is panning out. Let's see if we can't pick up something useful here. And picks up these snippets of this conversation. Two guys and a girl talking about some other mysterious woman that's gone missing and they don't know what to do and it's totally not like her. And they're arguing about what needs to be done. And and she's like, well, we need to do something. And the first guy's like, well, that's specific. <laughs> like, duh. And he's like, uh, hurry up, the wizard's here. And they're all like, wait, what, what? And it's kind of a little bit funny how... So we get identified as Fix and Ace um, and the girl. Um, and then Fix is obviously kind of the skittery, jumpy, nervous one or whatever. You know, high pitch. He's all like, oh my god, the wizard, the wizard, wizard, you didn't tell us. It's like, I just did, you dimwit. <laughs> Like, feels like so many conversations I've had with like my siblings. <laughs> Dresden's really like built himself up quite the reputation at this point. That As these people are so afraid of him. Like uh, people who get in his way have a habit of getting real dead. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because Harry isn't fully aware of his reputation at this point. Like that end of it. Like he knows he's getting more reputation as a private investigator. And okay, yeah, now more sort of high profile not just lost keys and stuff is coming to him. But it takes him a while, and you see in a few books before he, like, he kind of acknowledges it, but before he really starts describing himself and recognizing that there's people out there that are scared. Like, I think in this book he said something about, you know, having enemies and things, and the whole war started with that. But it's like, you know, it, it was like, oh, it's just that one thing with Bianca. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't realize entirely how much word is spreading. 
But yeah, but when Ace is like, well, you better hurry up and decide the wizard's here. And Fix is like, wait, what? What? Oh my god, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we? And totally sounds like he's freaking out. And then it's funny because um, um, the girl's just like, shut up or whatever. And then they're like, well, you know he's in Mab's pocket. Um, and then Fix, who got all freaked out at the mention, is like, well, no, isn't he supposed to be a good guy? I'm like, then why did you just shit your pants at the mention of his name? <laughs> you know? I'm like, I can understand if... Somebody, like the girl or something, was like, well, he's not supposed to be that bad. But it's like, it's fixed. It's like, oh my god, the wizard's here. Why didn't you tell us? What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And then he's like, wait, wait, isn't he supposed to be a good guy? <laughs> to which, yeah, then Ace is like, well, it depends what side you're on if you're... So, yeah, it's kind of funny in these early moments, right? Where Harry's like, I'm not that. You know, but I'm like, there's a shit ton of people out there going, yeah, yeah, you are that scary. Yeah. And yeah, if you look at it from an outside view, yeah, people just end up dead. Right, because Bianca's oh, mansion yeah. took out quite a few people there. There's Vic- Victor Sells, the, 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 whole, the loop guru. The loop guru yeah. and all of that. Yeah. And, or yeah. FBI, rather, whatever. They're both and. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, yeah, it's I really... I guess his body count is getting up there. I guess it is. I mean, Harry can justify most um, of it. Um, you forgot his first one, Justin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Elaine. <laughs> All right, yeah. He's not on the record for killing but, Elaine, though. Okay, but... Because no one I even knew the wizards know, but I was going to say most of the world at large doesn't know about okay, Justin. I mean, enough. that's why the wizards don't like him, but I mean, that's not fair really enough. on his public reputation, but, but regardless... Yeah, I'm gonna bring up Percy Jackson once again. I don't think anyone it's okay. We have ever read it or listened to it. Not of Harry Potter or Buffy yet, so. But in the first five books or whatever like that that came out, it was just Percy Jackson's point of view or whatever like that. And basically the entire time he was just screaming. He's like, "I don't know what the hell is going on. This is hard. Blah. I can't believe I just lived through that. Blah blah blah." But when you get to the next. <laughs> 20 or so books or whatever like that you've got everyone else's POVs and it's constantly jumping back and forth between characters right and it's like it'll be Percy Jackson's character's chapter his POV and he's just like this is really scary what am I gonna do oh my god and the next chapter is like I just watched Percy kill 800 people and then go eat a sandwich (laughs) what the fuck is up with this guy but in his chapter he's just like oh my god I'm starving I need to go eat and they're just like he killed a hundred people and then sat down and had lunch. And, like, it's just all the time, just like... casual blase. Yeah, it's just, like, the whole time Percy Jackson in his mind is just freaking out. He's like, what do I do? I just gotta get through this. And then it's like, it's all gonna be okay. And then he there just moves go. on with his life. And everyone else is always just, like, every time they're reacting to Percy, they're like, this is the scariest motherfucker I've ever right? met in my like, life. They don't see all that. Exactly. Yeah. They just see the outside view right. and the so results. Yeah. And, yeah. So he- Harry, all the time, knowing he's walking around with his good intentions and stuff like that, he's just like, why the fuck are people afraid of me? I'd never do anything but fight for my life. And everyone is like, this madman kills everything he meets <laughs> even if they are inanimate objects <laughs> but yeah that's a really good that's exactly the way it is right mm-hmm. harry always knows he's he's getting by by the skin of his teeth and a whole bunch of luck and because somebody be able to but yeah everybody else just sees that once again harry has walked away and whatever he was up against didn't mm-hmm. right and he's got that bravado too and he because he's always snarking people off which just can Comes totally off, seem well, as this fast, super asshole. confident like. that yeah he's not running around looking scared very yeah. often he's always bad which is part of how he ends up in yeah, these situations not humble <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because he ends up lifting off some dragon that tries to squish him into the ground by looking at him you know it's like well, yeah, maybe I shouldn't do that, right? I should have thrown him in Boston or something. I'm walking here. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, yeah, so everybody starts freaking out a little bit and decide they got to get out of there. So then Dresden, like, do I, don't I? Sounds like it could be important, but do I want to freak him out? And he's like, I got to know what's going on. So gives him, like, five whole seconds and then follows or whatever. And really on nothing more just than they've sort of identified. Because I don't think there was a whole lot in that conversation to indicate anything about anything. He had no idea who they were talking about. They didn't mention rule other than the fact that they're there, but they're not even in the They were in the active. picture. They're, 
we don't know that yet. Oh. He's just listening to the voices, right? This is my point. That oh, sorry, okay. To follow them. Yes. Is that's the thing. It's like, doesn't really know what they're talking about. Like, yeah, they're, when the funeral is taking place, but they weren't in there, so, you know, and blah, 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 but figures out oh, what the hell people are sneaking around and whispering. Might as well check it out. Hey, they're afraid of me. Maybe I should follow them. <laughs> right? Maybe they're just automatic bad guys, like, oh no, Harry's here, better run away. They must be doing something wrong. They're right? scared. Right? <laughs> like, like when you're, you know, kid walks into the room and you're like, hey, how are you? And you're like, I didn't do it. <laughs> you know? right. oh, 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 didn't you? What didn't you? Yeah. Finds his way to the back exit. Oh, yeah, because he kind of goes back towards the, the lobby and they don't come out that way. So he's like, oh, they must have snuck out the back or whatever. So can't pretend to just casually be loitering around the alley or the lobby when they all come out. Um, but yeah, opens the exit door, sticks his head out and <laughs> proceeds to immediately get smoked in the face. <laughs> so... Boof. Yeah. So sees the little blonde guy who freaks out and squeaks. So he's like, oh, hey, that's got to be the guy called Fix. <laughs> and then the other guy's like scrambling in his pocket for something. He's, he's the other guy. Oh, yeah. Fix is like borrowed suit, clip on tie. The other guy's a little bit more stylish. He's got like slacks and a, and a sports coat. And he's still got his shades on. And again, I don't know if they've said what time of day or night it is, but I feel like it's later in the evening. I feel like it's. I mean, again, it's summer. I guess it's not going to get real dark until real late. But I just, yeah, it sort of gives you the impression that it's, like, maybe not the middle of a sunny day or something. Like, it's late enough that probably shouldn't be. <laughs> or maybe just the funeral. I don't know. Like, you're no one to talk, Harry, showing up in your, you know, cowboy boots and jeans. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, he's just too cool. Got his glasses on. And then the other one, yeah, just doesn't even react. She's closest to the door and without looking, you know, just sees Fix's reaction and Ace's reaction and just immediately swings out and clubs him one knocks him out of the so yeah so the only thought he's had time to register is that hey these are the people in the photograph i just found from the dead guy's apartment that was being ransacked by a clever vicious other dude hmm and then pain lots of pain i had a good chuckle at this where he's trying to talk to them he's like magic magic (laughs) he's like he's speaking tongues he's cursing us Smacked in the mouth, I can't, you know, I'm just trying. I like that she managed to kick him in the ribs. Like, that's a high kick. He's a tall guy. (laughs) Was that, wasn't he doubled over or something from the. Mm, I think he got doubled down after he got kicked in the ribs. No, I think he falls. Because she's like, yeah, he rolls. Fine, fine, fine. Yeah, she didn't even look. She just turned and her arms swept out, knocked him out the door and into the alley. And then she tried to stomp on him or something and he rolled. So. Yeah, no, I think she had, yeah, the punch. <laughs> the punch put him down to a degree. <laughs> so, um... Knocked him down a few pegs. Although, again, we do learn that she's fairly tall, as yeah. it turns out, too. So, you know, if she did, like, the whole, like, lean over and kick, she might have been able to get his rib. Yeah, she ha- she, yeah, she sounds like she's pretty burly. I mean, he's a, he's, he's a tall man, and she just picks him up and tosses him into a dumpster. Like, oh, well, she's got some pipes. That's exactly, you know, and he has already described her as being kind of built that way, but yeah, she literally just grabs, like, his belt and, like, the scruff of his jacket or whatever and just heave-hose, like, I'm like, I can barely do that to the three-year-old anymore. <laughs> you know? I'm like, babies grow very quickly out of being light enough and small enough to just pick up and carry around, like, a footballer by their, like, overall straps or something you know so it's like 
Yeah, to pick up. I mean, again, Harry's always saying how he's not really big and really big. Again, he's, he's still a lot of man. He's six foot nine of man, right? So I'm like, yeah, it's there's a lot of him to pick up and chuck him like 10 feet into a dumpster. That just baffles me because I think of like when I was when I was doing construction masonry, like those those 80 pound bags of <laughs> cement. And, and, like, trying to chuck one of those around. Yeah, and you weren't trying to uh, chuck it, like, ten Just trying to move it up. Yeah, yeah. But double that, like... Yeah. yeah, and you're probably keeping, you know, lifting it up only as far as you need to and <laughs> heaving it over. Although you, you I know. did have a female coworker that actually did. Suze. Who, who could pile two on one arm and then pick a third one up in her other arm because she was a bodybuilder at the time. So, well, it's not. I guess. It's not totally. We can't all be Suze, but uh, <laughs> but still. It's there, possible. There, it's possible, but there's still a difference between carrying and then, like 240 pounds and like tossing because right. again you got to get some upward momentum to get him up and down into that dumpster so yeah and it's he's gangly too. it's gangly he's it's all kinds of impressive <laughs> i mean less so from harry's perspective but you know <laughs> he never appreciated a it, woman it, it, <laughs> <laughs> it's impressive from a different way than he's so yeah and buddy meanwhile is probably just as well because what ace was scrambling for was a gun in his pocket and it's like, what is it, like a semi-automatic, you know? So it's like not even just like some little pistol or something. Like it's not very big, but it's a pretty serious weapon he grabs out of his, right? And then, yeah, and she's like, hey, no, 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 none of that. Let's just chuck him in the garbage and run away. So thankfully, thankfully. <laughs> Lucky for him. Lucky he only got, you know, stomped a bit and tossed in the garbage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Exactly. What a but loser. he's not dead. But he's okay. not dead. So. What a loser. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, so he's still, like, you know, bells are still ringing a little bit there. He's trying to pull Little himself Tweety together. Birds going and, yes, he, like, lays stunned in the icky garbage and just automatically sees another head pop into view and freaks out for another attack. And it's just Billy come to check on him. <laughs> hey, buddy. And, well, I guess not check on him. They had arranged to. But, but yeah, Billy has, has witnessed the last of this. And I, I'm going to hope... I mean, it's kind of funny either way, but I'm going to assume that Billy was like just pulling up or whatever, right? Because Jetson in a minute asks him about the pizza, and he's like, yeah, it's in the car. But he's like, um, you know, like, what you doing? And Jetson's like, looking for suspects. Did you find any? I'd say so. Was that before or after they hit you in the face and threw you in the dumpster? So he's witnessed this entire <laughs> little, right? And I'm like, and you just sat there and let it happen? I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and hope you were, like, pulling in and unable to immediately. But I'm like, it's also kind of funny if you just, because, again, he wouldn't necessarily have known this was what... <laughs> But, like, comes in and sees her and just kind of sits and watches it for a minute. Mm, he's okay. <laughs> this is for being a jerky earlier. I'm just going to let this play out just a little bit. Just to see. I don't want to insult you, Harry. I know you can handle this. I'll just hold back until it looks like you're really in trouble. Then I'll step in if I need to. But you, by all means, you go ahead. You deal with this. Um, but, yeah, it's it's kind of funny. And he's got, oh, it's just what I hoped were coffee grounds that I brushed out of my hair. Look at that. But, um, but, yeah, he apparently has asked Billy to meet up with him and bring some pizza. Good so, old pizza. Good old pizza. Yeah. So time for some good bribes with some good pizza. Thank you so much to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us keep doing what we're doing. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick-ass merch, behind-the-scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at patreon.com slash freeflowrambling.
Chapter 13 Harry sets up a fairy trap and summons Toot Toot. The fairy comes with a small militia of other fairies to collect the coveted reward of pizza. In return for the pie, Toot Toot provides Dresden with information and a tiny fairy guide to find the Lady of the Winter and Summer Court. We find out that he has asked Billy to show up with pizza because, yeah, he, he wants to get some more information. So he starts drawing a circle and puts the pizza in it. And Billy's kind of asking questions about, like, what he's doing and why he's doing it and goes to grab a slice of pizza for himself. And Harry essentially slaps him on the hand and puts the pizza back. <laughs> Not for you. And, like, Will kind of goes with it, but he's a little, like, put out, like, oh, I don't get pizza. <laughs> yes, pizza, uh, a la side of wizard blood. Well, yes, the piece that he's putting down, yeah, yeah. Not the piece that Billy was going to eat. Makes um, me wonder, do you think Faye like Hawaiian or uh, or pepperoni? What do you think? I Well, you know what? As far as Toot goes, I'm not sure there's any pizza he doesn't like. He seems pretty enthusiastic. <laughs> and I would definitely say fairies are oddball enough. I think they would run the gamut. I don't, you know, I'm sure that they would not consider it that weird to have. They'd probably want all kinds of other crazy stuff on they'll want like caviar pizza and like ogre pizza and you know what i mean like i don't it, they're fairies i don't think anything could be too weird for them i mean they're eating it with blood anyway and so. yeah they're they're <laughs> i mean again it's a tiny bit i don't think i would notice i mean i guess stop and think really about like it we've probably yeah yeah there. we've <laughs> you know he's like trying to ask for, for stuff to, but he's too lightheaded he's <laughs> yeah, <what? laughs> Harry just has like an extra in with the blood bank or whatever. And he's like, gotta top me up again. I had to make another deal. <laughs> did Dresden use blood on Tutu and Stormfront? Like, I he don't remember did. Him doing he that. used that. He had his pen knife and he oh, pricked right. and put a little okay. dab on the bread. Okay. But I was going to say, knowing what I know now about people that work in kitchens and things, I'm like, we've probably all ingested a lot of blood in our meals that we weren't aware oh, of. Hell there. yeah. So they're yeah. burning yeah. themselves, cutting themselves, scratching themselves. Themselves, and it's a 50-50 whether they're I aware of it or not. I have seen some horrible things <laughs> so, yes, I have. Yeah, something I choose to yeah. not really think about. But. You see a Karen freak out about something, you're like, ma'am, we have done so much worse to the rest of your meal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if you only, not on purpose, not on purpose. Just, my, my rule is never send anything back. Just don't. If yeah. you don't like it, who the fuck cares? Just don't. Just, just don't do it. Yeah, unless you're going to, like, die from an allergy or something. But, um, so, yeah, I'm going to assume they don't really, it's small enough that they don't really notice it. So, um, yeah, and then Billy's like, oh, so you're going to trap him in the circle and, like, beat him for information. <laughs> she's like, no, I'm going to stuff them full of pizza for information. <laughs> Come on, Billy, chill. Right? So then he's like, okay, well, what am I doing? Like, I kind of thought there would be more to it than you just calling me to bring you a pizza or whatever. And he's like, well, I don't know. Like, I'm kind of busy. I'm going on whatever. I don't know what you can do. And he's like, well, maybe I could track them. He's like, they probably just got in a car and left. And he's like, yeah, but if I got their scent, it might make it easier to, like, recognize them later. And Harry's like, human bloodhound. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, you can do that. Sure, okay, maybe. yeah, cool. You go do that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you're bugging me with all the questions and stuff anyways. He's like, okay, yeah. But yeah, it's kind of funny him having this blonde moment of like, oh, I guess, yeah. So Wait, you're a werewolf? Oh my god, so cool. And we get a little review of names with a capital N. Yes, and, and the importance of them. I really like the description that he uses for, for uh, the something made from a hummingbird and a falling star spiraled down from overhead. Mm. A flickering ball of blue-white light. That's just 
they love it. It's lovely. Very pretty. But yeah, I thought, I know, I did. I I liked, I appreciated, I enjoyed the imagery of that. So, yeah, he, oh. he, and then too, when he left the light, he's trying to sneak in despite, despite having a Roman candle. Yeah, right, yeah. despite like barreling in like a firework, and then he's like, and then he starts sneaking around all tip and doing like the super obvious like pantomime, yeah. like hand over the eye, like, like this is literally just what like Harry was looking for in the funeral part, like this is like yeah. the Dudley do, right, you know, he's like, if somebody had been doing that in the funeral home, I would have been like, there's my guy. <laughs> you know, the fist pump, too. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then he's like, doo, doo, doo. and then all of a sudden, boom, he, like half a dozen. And oh, my God. This is the first time Toots come up with little, little comrades, little cronies. Little, yeah. and, and how he addresses them all. He's like, uh, star jump. And is it just, no, what's the first one? Is it just, oh, caption. Caption. Caption demand a report from Lou Tender. Lou Tender demands a report from Star Jump. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then First they refer to Toot as generous. Generous. I know. I just Professional. Love it. Like, salute. And and again, how their salute is all like smacking themselves in the head with, you know, like they get none of like the subtleties or input, you know, no like hand to it's like smack. <laughs> but I was like, oh my god, I just I just love the determines that it's clear everybody's there so <laughs> instead of falling in for mess they all fall apart for messy <laughs> which turns out to be fairly accurate <laughs> and uh yeah so they all descend upon it and end up closing the circle and everybody starts freaking out like we saw Toot do the first time and so now there's like a half a dozen of them all buzzing around and sending off and and Toots you know his is by now getting familiar with this route I mean you'd think he would be familiar enough with random pizza although I guess in all fairness, Harry was also, like, at the end of Stormfront, he says he starts leaving pizza, like, sent, he's like, the driver probably wonders why I'm sending pizza out to be delivered to the side of the road. Right. So, so they never know which one is I was going to say, I guess not every time Harry's there, so I, I will is give them that. friendly yeah. pizza or unfriendly pizza? <laughs> I'll yeah. give Toot that, but yes. Yeah, so he tries to round them all up, and he's like, ten huts, ten huts, and they all just, like, go to attention in the air and then promptly fall. <laughs> it's, like, just the best little comedic, like... Uh, what is it, Keystone Cops or something? <laughs> it's just Three Stooges. Um, I love his little militia kind of thing. I know. It's so cute. That's so cute, too. He's like, yeah, everything like looked like it'd be cobbled together from like a child's school kit or whatever. I'm like, oh. Um, but yeah, because they can't do the iron, which we've just been reintroduced to with Mab, right? So they've got like pins stuck into, or like tied onto like pencils that are like a spear for him and like little plastic cocktail swords, <laughs> which is adorable. And I'm sure it'd be pokey for a fairy, but part of me was like, how does that stand up to anything? <laughs> like they barely stand do up they, to sandwiches. <laughs> can they sharpen it? Like they've got uh, the... Well, I'm sure they could a little bit and you know. Hey, man, I sliced my finger open on a ruler at work the other day, okay? So, I that mean... That dangerous plastic, man. It was metal. At least it was a metal ruler. <laughs> but... Okay. Because, it, it, so, I use it to, like, cross out. So, it had, I was getting, like, red pen and gunk and smudges. So, I grabbed a Kleenex to try and clean the edge off a little so I wouldn't be smearing. Oh, that's ink. gross. <laughs> and so, I had it, like, cupped in my... Yeah. Oh. I, I was... I had the holding it so the Kleenex was on either yeah. side and anyways it was not fun um but yes so all their cute little and he's got like what is it like a pop bottle cap for like a little helmet and yeah everybody's got all these cutesy little <laughs> 
cobbled together things. I'm like, it's just adorable. <laughs> I love the to, to commands them to freeze, but they and they do, and they just fall from the air. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like finally gets everyone to hold up, and they're like, two kind of immediately figures. He kind of goes immediately. He's like, okay, Harry, is that you? Harry steps out because again, right, he's keeping out of sight. And instead of the usual, like, I'm going to fill your head with a dung and turn your eyes to worms, and he gets the kissing and the crouching, you can't make me, we're not going, we haven't been called, and Harry's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he takes on a more for- formal sort of... Form- well, also well, just... Or p- pulling on the rule, like, like these rules. Yeah, like gibberish, like, you can't make me, you can't make me, we're not gonna, instead of the usual, like, posturing, and Harry's like, what do you, make you do what? <laughs> like, right? And, uh... <laughs> Again, this is kind of a cute way. He's like, I know. He's like, you can't lie to me. He's, oh, no. He's like, we're not stupid. He's like, and I can smell the cold queen on you. He's like, huh. I wonder if they make a deodorant for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, discover this is where our wild fae, our free range fae, <laughs> don't always get to stay free range. And in a conflict like this, the the queens can start summoning. So without you choosing a, if you want to go on to a side or be what side you want to go to, the queens start being like, yo, we need people. We need... It's the draft. It's the draft. It's completely... Yeah. 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 You get conscripted. Here's your papers. Come with me. Yeah, exactly. And Toot and his buddies want no part of this. They're like, nah, Like, they haven't started calling yet. We're not... You can't make us go with you. Like, you don't have... Right, and Harry's like, I, I don't have to, like, I'm working for it, but it's like, it's just like a client, like anybody else, like, you know, swear, that, and then, yeah, he's like, really? Honest? Promise? Super swear, double spit, whatever. Super Shoot, duper, duper. dog, double dog, super duper, double, double dog, dog, promise, spit, swear. swear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how Harry repeated that back to him. <laughs> right? Which Harry does, and then Toots immediately like, oh, well, okay, then cool. Let's go. <laughs> no. Toot demands he spit. <laughs> okay, sorry, yes. Yes, I, I super duper yeah. double dog promise spit swear. Spit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, Toot is happy. I mean, really, he got his, his three. He does it a little bit differently where you don't have to say the exact same, but he's like, you mean it? He's like, yeah. And then he's like, you promise, promise. And then he does the super duper double dog. So that's three times he gets Harry to say, dude, I'm not conscripting you. And he's immediately like, oh, okay, well, cool. What's up? How are you, bro? <laughs> and then oh, he cheats because he immediately goes for the pizza and all his, all the other ones are like, hey, you fucker, <laughs> and run after Toot. So, yeah, after they finish eating, Toot asks Harry who he thinks will win the war. And Harry just automatically thinks that the, the White Council and he's thinking, thinking vampires, but, but Toot really puts it in perspective of him of that what's actually happening is the war between summer and winter yeah which is really ultimately more catastrophic it w- yeah and this is it because he's like oh yeah totally the white council we're gonna and he's like who the fuck cares about even what you're talking about i'm talking about like the real war you know the courts <laughs> so yeah apparently like that doesn't even register really on their import level or the big picture or anything like that but what could go down between the fairy courts And granted, I mean, we don't know a lot about, but even just sort of what everybody out of, you know, necessarily the Dresden mythology of it, I mean, like, that's the whole point of like fairy stories and things is like these huge immense worlds beyond or alongside ours or whatever, right? I'm like, the vampires and the wizards are part of what's in this, right? So I'm like, then like, 
if the actual whole, like, this isn't the whole world going to war, this is wizards and vampires, right? Whereas that this is literally, the two sides of this literally would be encompassing the whole, right? So you're like, yeah, this is a little more of a global battle that's that's prepping rather than like, individual countries or whatever, right? Well, but you look at this from the other side, and too, and it's like, you know, as far as the Fey are concerned, there's nothing bigger than the winter and summer wars, yeah. but the White Council is looking at, like, we need the winter and summer um, pathways, right? They need it for their emissaries, so for them, it's like, our war is the biggest thing, yeah. but if they go to war, we can't use their pathways, and then that's gonna fuck us all up as well, so it's like... That, yeah, it's just... Just one way or the other. Consequence upon consequence upon consequence mm-hmm. that, yeah, multiple reactions and problems and da-da-da-da, yeah. So, and I think this is where, is this where, I don't know, they have a bit of a chat about that. And Harry compliments all his, his, like, sweats with all the, the armor and stuff. He's like, pretty cool, eh? And he's like, ooh, you yeah, very scary, super. Toots, mm-hmm. like, so proud. Yeah. But yeah, they explain how you decide between winter and summer, basically, by whether or not you are doing good things or you're doing bad things. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> Harry's like, so are you doing good things or bad things? And he's like, how the fuck should I remember? <laughs> he's like, I do so many things. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously not really concerned about, yeah. not like, I hope they've been good, but I don't really know. He's like, yeah, you can remember who knows. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Go, dude. And this once more shows there is no to the Fey, you know, being on summer or winter is both good and bad, you know. Toot doesn't care which side he ends up going to. He's just like, it would suck to be conscripted either way. Yeah, he's like, I just don't want to get pulled into this. But yeah, doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't, uh, show a preference. Exhibit any preference to, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so the trouble's coming, so they get that down, and finally he gets, like, yeah, Toots finally, like, well, is there more, like, looks like there's a whole lot of more pizza over there. <laughs> Harry's like, well, I'm not done yet, I need, right, so he's like, okay, get on with it, get on with it, and Harry's like, I want a guide, I need to go see the ladies, summer and winter, and he's like, is that all, like, why are you dragging this out and making me wait? He's like, yeah, okay, fine, sure. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Harry negotiated, and he was like, I'm not leaving and like not getting pizza, like, which is funny, but also like weird because when he does get his guide, when he gets Elodie, he's like, okay, do you want to go have some pizza before you leave? And she's like, yes, please, and goes has pizza, and then comes. I'm like. Toot could have done that. You could have let Toot go and eat. And then I'm like, I don't know. Is it just that she's so teeny tiny? She doesn't need nearly as, you know. And Toot's like, I just got to make sure, like, nobody else gets more than me. I'm taking the leftovers. Like, I don't know. But it was Toot is too high up to do the guidance things. But he doesn't say anything about that. He's he's got a whole army to look after now. He does. But all he says is, I'm not going and missing pizza. Plus. But Elodie didn't miss pizza. (laughs) Elodie. Got one bite, you know? That's done. She's full. Maybe. Maybe. And also her name, L-E-D. Nah. And she lights up. <laughs> Very cute. That's cute. I hadn't I hadn't made that either. <laughs> it's funny sometimes how you go between, like, when you see something written or see something heard, right? I mean, that's the whole point of, like, puns and things is exactly what you hear, right? And it can kind of... Some work better written, some work better spoken. Well, yeah, but but how your brain, you know what I mean? Like, if you see it, like you say, you don't think as much about the sound of what that, like how, yeah, exactly, you'll miss your brain is just like, well, obviously this is this. You're like, oh, dude. Yeah, and this, I think, is where Billy comes back when they're all, like, ravaging the pizza again. And Harry's like, mm, don't get too caught up in that. It's it's pretty, but it can be. <laughs> but this is where he's, like, he's pulling his sweater back on. And he's like, Billy's, like, really built and muscled. And he's like, I don't have abs of steel. I don't even really have abs of bronze. Maybe plastic? 
yeah, I don't know if there was really, I mean, it was just a super cute interaction. Love anything and everything with Toot. We get a little bit of background about what else is going on and what's happening. And, oh, we do get more because, because he asks, yeah, he asks where to find the Winter Lady. And Toot's like, like, underneath the city. And Harry's like, what? He's like, you know, what? like the stores and shops and houses like underneath are. And he's like, undertown. And yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah. Well, like the mortals don't go, but it's there. And this actually is a little like, this is Chicago. You know, this isn't just a mystical fairy plot device book thing. It's like Chicago was sinking and they did keep building up and up and up. And there are like tons of passageways and tunnels and city under the city and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know exactly how much. So, I mean, I think there is some legitimate, like, just, like, the subway things and things, but there are, like, abandoned freight tunnels and things and stuff that were. So, again, Underground. I mean, some of it might be exaggerated a little bit, but apparently that, yeah, some of this is kind of what, and there is, like, abandoned part. And, again, smuggling and all that kind of stuff. Right. That's not really part of the city proper anymore. And while some of it is still usable places i'm guessing there's a whole lot more that isn't mm. um but anyways yeah i thought that was kind of an interesting cool and i know we definitely have chicagoans in our so i'm sure we'll be corrected if we're way the fuck off base here <laughs> this is true right so harry decides the next move is visiting the, the winter lady yeah and I, I love this little moment too. There's so many lovely it's, little I moments. I know everything about Toot. This the, might be the one I was just going to mention too. The, the, the fairies when they finished the last last oh. piece of pizza, the fairies swarmed away like a squadron of pot-bellied comets and <laughs> vanished from view. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Pot-bellied comets. Little pot-bellied comets. <laughs> I know. Not the same moment, but I was thinking when he asked also then where the summer lady is. So winter's hiding out underground somewhere. Summer's high up on a tall building, and he's like. Dude, this is Chicago. There's lots of tall buildings. And like, Toots like thinking, thinking, thinking. The one with the pizza place by it. Harry's like, <laughs> okay, oh, don't yeah, kill it. <laughs> Definitely get it. Yeah. <laughs> Love you too. <laughs> How about you just show me? <laughs> and then it is, like you say, it's funny because he's obviously there right until the end. He sees them all fly away like little pot-bellied comets. I'm like, too totally it's not even like they were all still eating and like Elodie had some and then they all walked away it was like everybody was finished and gone by the time you went so I don't know when I read that I think of little pot-bellied pigs right that's with comet comes like, <laughs> <laughs> well after that much pizza and those little bodies that may well be was <laughs> miniature flying pigs <laughs> with, with little comet shooting out there yeah, and she's cute. She gets insulted because she's just like teeny tiny. You can barely see her. And he's like, can she even understand me? And she's all like, yes, I can understand you, you big huge doof. And then she sits on his nose. She's like, do I look like a couch? Yep. <laughs> I was like, well, you asked for it, Harry. <laughs> Love these, Faye. Right. Elodie begins to lead Dresden and Billy on their way to Undertown. Yeah. And then they start to get more excited. So is there going to be trouble? Uh-huh. Is there? Is there? Is there going to be trouble? You need me. Am I going to help you out? Or are we going to get kids <laughs> <laughs> almost a little bit like an apprentice at this point is what he almost a little bit yeah and i have to ask is it it's this part yes yes it's when i meant to bring this up when billy first pulls him out of the dumpster and he's like did you find any or whatever and he's like is this before or after and uh and he says whatever he's to harry and harry's like do i tell you how to do your job and billy's like yes actually all the time and he's like shut up <laughs> 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 it was like Billy was probably like so. Yes, you know what? As a matter of fact, you constantly tell me how to do my job. How's it feel, fucker? 
So yeah, I like these little these little lighthearted moments when you can get them. Absolutely, and again, it just emphasizes right what Billy was saying at the beginning of it. Like, dude, you're becoming a hermity old curmudgeonly asshole. Like, you need your friends. It's you know, doesn't make the problems gonna go away. But come on, this is more fun, right? <laughs> this concludes our episode nine point ten, Greasy Wheel for a Guide. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and mcanalys.ca. There we have links to our other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing, and please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and to see more content. We are Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. 